So, if you heard me talking about the Legacy Ultimate Test Stack featuring Recovery PM, you might be asking, what does a sleep aid have to do with raising testosterone? Well, the majority of daily testosterone release occurs during sleep. Men with interrupted or poor quality sleep experience an average of 15% reduction in testosterone levels. Add to the fact that after the age of 30, men experience an average testosterone decrease of about 1% per year. That's why Legacy developed a total testosterone complex that covers all three areas of optimal testosterone levels. Test X9 to naturally stimulate testosterone production, T-Assist to keep estrogen at bay and maintain liver health, and Recovery PM to promote quality REM sleep so your body can actually release the testosterone you're working so hard to increase. Recovery PM has a repeat customer rate of over 80%. That means 4 out of 5 users love it so much that they are coming back again and again. And now you can subscribe and save on all the products at LegacySubs.com so you never have to worry about running out. Try the Ultimate Test Stack for 30 days and feel the incredible difference for yourself. And because Legacy are friends of the show, you can save 10% off your entire order by using promo code THEPODCAST at LegacySupps.com. That's L-E-G-A-C-Y-S-U-P-P-S dot com. It's time to level up with Legacy. Now, this is the moment podcasting fans listening around the world have been waiting for. Coming to you, not so live from a listening device of your choice, it's time! Podcasting out of this corner, a mixed martial talker, holding no professional record. He stands at six feet one and one half inches tall, winging at whatever he feels like, hailing out of Toronto, Ontario, Canada, presenting the sometimes angry, always funny, Self-proclaimed podcasting champion of the world, Steve Fingerstyles! So, welcome to another rendition of the podcast. I am here once again, always again, and brought to you by First Row Collectibles, for into nerd culture, if you're into comic books, if you're into wrestling memorabilia, sports memorabilia, please visit firstroll.ca. Use promo code THEPODCAST20. Like I said, they got everything from any type of comic book you want, old school, new school, whatever you want, they have there. Signed wrestling memorabilia, signed sports memorabilia. They update daily, so please visit them every day at firstroll.ca. And if you're into video games and books, please visit bossfightbooks.com today for great books on classic video games. You'll find titles like Metal Gear Solid, Splunky, Super Mario Brothers 3, and so many others. Everything you see on their websites available in paperback and ebook format, so please visit them at bossfightbooks.com. And if you want to support me directly, please visit my merchandise store at tpublic.com or scroll down on today's device. It's embedded right there in the description. Click on that link. It takes you right to the merchandise store. I got everything from hoodies to t-shirts to onesies to travel mugs, anything you literally need or want. It is available there on the website. But if you don't want to support anything monetarily, totally understandable. The easiest thing, the freest thing, 
takes you two seconds. You could do it anywhere, anytime, doesn't matter. And it actually helps the most amongst everything else you could do for the podcast. That is rate, subscribe, review on all major platforms, most specifically Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, SoundCloud, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. So this week's guest is a teacher, a writer, a voice actor, and the man who brought us the Minds Behind series. He is also the co-founder of Legacy Comics, and most importantly, 2020's DP Award winner for Favorite Video Game Guest Personality, Patrick Hickey Jr. Man, I feel like we don't even need to have a podcast now. I just I just feel like you did a great job of, of introducing me. I am so happy to be back here. Thank you so much. Um, been up to a lot lately, so uh, happy to be back on and, and talk. No, that's awesome, man. I'm glad you've been doing good. And I'm sure we're going to get into all the fun stuff and everything because I was going to say, I was going to go into like, oh, what have you been up to? But that's pretty much what the whole conversation is going to be. But before we get into that, we're also joined by someone else. Do you care to introduce the second guest of the podcast this week? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Joining us today is uh, the co-founder of Legacy Comics, an amazing, amazing, I'm going to say it twice, um, (laughs) vlogger, graphic designer, video editor, and artist, his name is John Svidisi. Thank you, thank you, Patrick. What, your, your introduction, Patrick. What, great job, great, great job. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> it's like he's done it before. Yeah, 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 yeah. Could say yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Well, John, thanks for coming aboard. This is your first time. This is Patrick's second time, obviously, because you he won the award for favorite video yes. game guest of the year last year. So I don't know if he's prepared you for the show, what you're into, but hopefully you're going to be in for a nice good old time. We're just going to shoot the shit, talk about what's going on. Nice. But obviously, you guys co-founded a comic book company. Well, what's it called? Like comic book company, comic book media, digital publisher. publisher? Like what? Like well, yeah, we're yeah, we're a publishing. Yeah, we're, we're we're considered. Yeah, we're, we're considered a, a publisher now. And, uh, printing them digitally and physical books, so you know we're considered a publisher. Oh, that's pretty cool. Okay, before we get into Legacy, I read Conjury. That's the first thing. That's your first comic book that you came out with, Patrick. I don't know if you were involved in yeah. that one as well, John, but I, I read the first two issues that were available to myself and hook line and sinker you got me my friend i want more but before we get into all that <laughs> when did you get the idea to even come before even a, a publish being a publisher what did you want to do with a comic book like how did all this come into your head man so way before the minds behind the games 20 years before the minds behind the games oh, uh, even before that 20 years yeah th- i wrote this i wrote this when i was 18 years old Shit. i wrote this um on my first ever pc you know on probably a hacked version of microsoft word and uh, (laughs) it was the first piece of writing that i was ever super proud of um but then what happened life happened and i ended up going to school for journalism and becoming a college professor and becoming an editor at nbc and becoming an author and a voice actor and all these other things but it was just like every couple of years i would come back to it and tighten it up a little bit and then maybe i would get an artist and then something wouldn't work out and then it just got to the point where I have a child, I have another one on the way, and it's just like, let's do something, let's, thank you, let's do something with this, you know, and um, I ended up 
I ended up writing something on Facebook looking for an artist, and my friend Tommy introduced me to Kieran X. Quinn, who's the artist on Country. Okay, I was going to ask, because that's the other thing. Sorry yeah. to interrupt. That's the other thing that was great. Like, it, it had that grimy thing, and looking at it is the same way I was reading it, in my opinion. It goes hand in hand, and that's beautiful. Yeah. Thank you for that. Yeah, yeah no problem. So then... Uh, you know, we started pitching to like Dark Horse and Image, but COVID oh, was shit. just killing. Okay. Like, if you're, yeah, if you're an indie comic book developer, like COVID really killed like your opportunities to get picked up by like the big three or four or five. You know, so right, um, right. Then what ended up happening was, um, it was a weird thing, man. Like, uh, an indie comic book publisher messaged me to uh, interview them for my site for ReviewFix.com. Okay. Yeah. So I did that, and and uh, the interview got a ton of traffic. And after they're like, well, if there's anything that we can do for you, let me know. So I kind of was hesitant at first. And then I was just like, you know what? Nope. Yeah, I have something for you. I have a script. <laughs> and that was, in, that was in February. So um, fast forward to like now, um, we published like uh, four issues with them. But um, somewhere along the way, there were some creative differences. And somewhere along the line, I, I met, well, I knew John before. I had been on his podcast before. He, we had discussed the minds behind the games, and if you, if you, you know, you can see video. Your your audience can't, but if you look in John's uh, setup, those paintings are his. He That's drew awesome. most of those. He's super talented. So it was just like um, I ended up getting John some opportunities in comics, and uh, just the more and more I saw of his work, the more impressed I was. Um, and it just got to the point where we, we were just talking every day. And it was like, why don't, what if we just did our own thing, you know? And uh, we started laying the groundwork and laying out the business plan and stuff. And um, when all of my work for um, the other comic book company that I was working for was taken care of, um, I decided, John decided, let's let's do this. And uh, we launched a Kickstarter last week. We were funded in five hours. Um, we're currently... To over 200% funded um, with, what, John, 53 days left? That's yeah. Crazy. Yeah, we have still quite a while to go. Yeah, so um, we are rocking and rolling. We're going to have five books. Um, I'm going to be writing three out of the five. John has an original series that he's going to be drawing and writing. And then we have another writer um, that, that has his own series, too, Afram uh, Jean Belay. Um, so... We're, we're launching with five series. Um, we are super, super excited. It's like if you like Condry, there's going to be two or three other series that you're going to like. But, I mean, John's series, Athos, is very different. Really cool superhero tale. And then uh, Kroom, which is a it's a it's going to be like kind of like a sci-fi comic, is actually based off of a story I wrote for a video game that I was doing with the animator from Bioshock Infinite. So, nice. um it's going to be kind of like a comic book, a video game in comic book form. It's going to be super wild. So, I mean, this the past 10 months has just been crazy. So I'm still writing Minds Behind the Games books. Okay. I'm still doing voice acting for video games. Like right before this podcast started, I got an email from a video game developer. that just He literally just sent me the intro that I did to his game. So I'm still actively working in video games. I have three more Minds Behind the Games books coming. But legacy comics is by far the most important thing that's on my table professionally right now. So I am super excited to see where this goes. And having somebody as talented as John like with me, um, we're ready to kick some ass. 
No, that's awesome to hear. And you've pretty much touched on everything from top to bottom that we're going to probably even <laughs> us touch on throughout the podcast. But let's let's stick on country for a little bit because, like I said, I don't yeah. want to ruin too much, obviously, because I love the way at least uh, yeah. I read issue zero and issue one. So mm-hmm. at the end of issue one, it's sort of a cliffhanger type of deal. So I don't want to ruin it per se. Yeah. So I don't want to get that far. But what okay. I do want to touch on is obviously I'm sure you've been – People have said it has that Batman vibe to it, but even grimier and even, but to the point where you can relate, because obviously the main character, I would assume his name is Condry, that you could relate because he's not rich. Most people can't relate to a a multimillionaire. Like, you know what I mean? Like, what was me? My parents died, but yet they left me a mansion and billions of dollars and I could play with whatever toys I want and do whatever I want for the rest of my life. Mm -hmm. It doesn't really sound like this you could relate to, you know what I mean? And, and that was fantastic. Yeah, Andre's not a Bruce Wayne. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no. it, thank you. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? And even in myself, like, I left home at 18, and the one part I do want to discuss is when he's about to attack someone, and then after, like, that whole going through his mind back and forth, like, I could see the angel and the devil, like, in my mind, obviously, because it's not in the comic, because I had that pretty much in my real life, where it's like some days I didn't oh, have... the angel and the devil is totally in there. Well, yeah, well, you, that's the thing, your, like... Your but, intuition is, is there. But it's the old, the old thing of the whole Robin Hood thing: steal from the poor. I mean, steal from the rich, feed the poor. And but in his case, he's stealing from someone to feed himself. And a lot of people could relate with that too. You know what I mean? And that was another fantastic. And lastly, the way you made people care about just say the Sarita character alone. And that one page, you literally lined out everything and people could already feel sorry for her. And thank you for that because most, I talk about this with my wife all the time. I hate watching TV now because there's such lazy writing and you don't care about any characters. And in one page, you made us care about the character just like that. I don't know why people can't think of this when writing everything. So, so this is, that's why I signed up with this man. That's why. Let's That's it. why I signed the contract, and I'm like, yes, let's do this, because Patrick can write a book. Like, Patrick writes like no tomorrow, all right? <laughs> like, th- this guy knows what he's doing. I'm sorry, go ahead, Patrick, I'm sorry. No, it's okay. Oh, you guys are, you guys are like, going to make me cry. Um, So, this is the thing. Um, With Legacy Comics, we, we did an interview a couple of days ago where we, we were just saying we wanted to bring back the comics that we loved in the 80s and the 90s that had that type of organic storytelling that made you really connect with broken and realistic characters. Mm. And the thing is, um, I love, love writing fiction because it's like I've been selfless for a really long time with my writing. Like I've made a name for myself writing other people's stories. You know, the minds behind the games book, an editor at NBC, like I'm telling other people's stories. Right. So being able to write fiction is just such a treat. And it's like, I'll give you an example. So like, this isn't the last you're going to see of Sarita. Sarita is going to be a major character in Conjury. Um, nice. But just that walk, that exactly. walk that she took. Um, I prepared myself to write that by, I took a walk late at night and oh, I spoke sure. to my mom. Okay. And my mom passed away. Like two years ago, three year, three years ago, right. on my daughter's first birthday. Oh, so it was like my shit. daughter's first birthday. My mom died. Yeah. And um, whenever something good happens in my life, I have a conversation with her. We didn't always have the best relationship, sure. but she was always proud proud of me. You know. Um, right, right. So it was like I had that conversation with her walking, and then I came home, and um, 
I revisited the script that I had originally written for Conjury 1, and I just tightened, you know? And I tried to add some of that, the way that I was feeling in that. And then um, Kieran did an amazing job drawing it. Right. Um, and I think that's why we work so well together, because we're able to synergize off of each other and bounce mm. off of ideas. Um, and, I mean, that's, I feel like fiction, a lot of fiction writers, when they, when they write something, they feel like the first time they write it, that it's perfect. And I've written like 10 issues of Conjury already, like wow. before I even signed a publishing deal. Right. But after I got the publishing deal, I went through and I just started tightening. And now I, I'd like to think I'm a much better writer 20 years later. I'm 38 now than I was when I was 18. So it's like so. <laughs> best, of both, best, best of both worlds. It's, it was written originally by a wide-eyed 18-year-old who loved mm. films like Highlander and comics like Spawn and stuff like that. But yeah. now it's being fine-tuned by a 38-year-old college professor that understands the medium a lot better. So it's just like the best of both worlds. I love when people say that they feel an emotional connection to my characters because it's like I try... I've interviewed so many amazing comic book artists during my life. You know, Jeff Loeb, Chris Claremont, Joe Quesada. Um, and they they talk about their characters like they're living, breathing people so it's like if i can't do the same exact thing if if i don't feel that type of the connection then no one's going to so i've learned from the best i've read the best so now i'm going to try my hardest to you know leave my verse on the you know the chorus of comic book history no no kidding and you brought it up working with kieran and it's like that's what's going to be one of my questions like how do you work with someone because you have your image in your head how do you portray that verbally and then in, in his words him draw it out for you like you know what i mean i it's like john and i have spoken about this a lot like i give myself way 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 too much work so <laughs> i'm a writer yeah so yes, like i i i will instead of giving him like a standard comic book script i will okay. i will write an issue almost like a short story oh, full wow. of ambiance full of environment and stuff like uh, that and gotcha i'll tell okay. him draw it the way that you see it sure and then after he draws it, then I come back and I fill in the gaps and I, I basically turn it into a comic book script. It's yeah, it, a lot it, of I'm sorry, Pat, hang on. You know, it's like Pat writes a script. <laughs> Pat writes a comic script like a novel, okay? So wow. it, normally, like let me break this down for you. Normally a comic book script looks like it, they break it down panel by panel, okay? okay. They tell you what to write in each and every panel, okay? What, what to draw, I'm sorry. Sure. They tell you what to draw in each and every panel. And the artist just goes in and just follows direction. You know, he doesn't have that much freedom. You know, the way Pat writes a script is like a novel to the, to the sense where he gives the artist the freedom, the creative freedom to imagine the world and just draw it and just create it. And there's really, there are, there is direction in the script, but right. there's not so much as to stifle the, the direction of the artist. That makes sense. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. Because that was going to be so like, another question too. Like, how yeah. do you even come up with the concept of a comic? Because again, it's more, not that it's more visual, but when you look at a page, percentage-wise, there's more illustration than there is writing on a page. Like, you know what I mean? That's just how a comic book is. So that's what I mean about how your thoughts in your head portray back on paper, right? Yeah, it's just a matter of like, you really have to... So like, John and I are going to do a book together. And um, it's all about trust. You know, not to quote the Billy Joel song, it's a matter of trust, but yeah, it really is. It's a good song. You know, it's a great song. Um, but you have to 
you're giving your work to somebody and there it's it's like they're gonna remix it and they're gonna and the hope is that the the remix is better than the original that they that they see something so like i feel like it's my goal as a writer to get my artists as excited as possible about the script so they can do their best art you know so and i feel like if i if i write in panel by panel what to do that's almost like working at a sweatshop you know it doesn't right yeah it it doesn't you know so it's just like i see somebody like john who's super creative why would i want to stifle that you know that's true. so that's i just work differently with artists than a lot of writers do so it creates a lot more work for me but i feel like the end result of the first four comics that i've that i've published have it's been awesome and i i'm ready to work with other artists that's why like you know we're working with i'm working with john on a book now and uh i'm just i'm super excited i mean i'm writing three out of the five books i mean john and i joke around all the time it's (laughs) like brian michael bendis is like one of my heroes and it's like i'm doing like the same things that that he was doing in his prime like writing three like three books every month every two months it's it's crazy no, that is crazy. And awesome at the same time. Okay, one last thing about Conjury. Ben, no, go ahead, John. Uh, uh, like Brian Michael Bendis evolved, you know. Oh, there you yeah. go. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, Absolutely. Okay, one last thing about Conjury then. You, yeah. sn- you snuck in a Seinfeld reference. I assume you're a fan then. Huge. Huge. <laughs> Huge Seinfeld fan. You know, like uh, <laughs> I'm a '90s from Brooklyn. Guy. Come on, yeah, that's man. true. You know? yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're gonna see. Um, all I'm gonna say is that, like, future episodes, issues, whatever you want to call them, of Condry, um, there's gonna be dynamics in play that um, harken back to like the things that we loved of the '90s. You know, sure. um, it's on its surface, it, it, it kind of feels like a thin narrative. It's a homeless guy out on, you know. The, the hunt to find the people that are responsible for his dad's death, but there's like so much more. There's gonna be there's gonna be some comedy. There's gonna it's gonna still be for the most part really gritty and grimy, but there is gonna be some comedy. There's gonna be some lighter moments. There's gonna be all sorts of things in there because at the end of the day, it's really like a coming of age story. Like I want you guys to understand that like as you read, you're gonna learn new things about this character, and he's so much more than the sum of his parts. Mm-hmm. But he doesn't know because of the shitty situation he's been in throughout his entire life. He's never had somebody to take him under, you know, their wing under the learning tree and stuff. He's had to find out things as he goes along. So the more you read, the more you're going to find out about this character, the more you're going to get connected to him. But you're also going to find out like that. He is so much stronger than you think that he is so much more broken than you think that there's so many more things in play. So yeah, there's definitely going to be more Seinfeld references though. So absolutely. (laughs) Love it. Love it. All right. Well, John, before we get into legacy and all that sort of stuff, what brought you to the table? What made you get into this form of art? What made you become an illustrator? All, all the hats that Patrick mentioned when he introduced you. Oh, um, yeah, I've been drawing. I've been creative ever since I can remember. You know, um, my mom uh, used to have a drafting table in the house, and she used okay. to draw all the time, and she oh, used to be nice. into advertising. Um just it stayed with me you know it kept with me i wanted to be an animator i grew up wanting to work for disney you know and uh work in cartoons and and then they killed off superman and you know it's just you know he was like the strongest super 
Superman, you know, in the universe, in the DC universe, and he right. was dead now. And I was like, like, you know, it hit me hard, you know. And um, so that's when I really started getting into comic books, aside from cartoons, you know. And I, sure. I started reading comics and getting into Superman and uh, Devils, and, you know, uh, X-Men, X-Force, you know. And sure. I, I just really dive dove right into them and uh you know and i started drawing comics and i haven't stopped ever since you know so so really in 1993 when they killed off superman is when i started drawing comics and i haven't stopped you know it's just um you know ever since then i picked up oil painting and you know all these other different kind of art mediums that i you know try to draw or paint comics in and you know and then uh you know pat yeah, he did my show, uh, my my podcast, and he's seen how uh, how involved I was in the production of the show. Gotcha. And and the quality of the video and and you know the the intro, the music, and you know the graphics, everything. And, of course. You know, it, I guess he's seen something in me because I don't I don't do anything half assed. You know, I I go big or go home kind of thing, and love it. You know, so when I got into this podcasting thing, you know, I just I decided to make it like a TV show kind of thing, you know. And Smart. Uh, but um, so when we decided to start Legacy, it was more of like, hey, I know you and I can change the comic book industry, you know, and. Um, I have ideas on what I want to change. You have your own ideas on what you want to change, and let's uh, let's together, you know. And and that's what we did. And we, you know, we we started Legacy, and we started this this lifelong dream because, you know, I I've been writing and drawing comics since I was a kid. You know, just like everybody else. You know, everybody else who every other kid who follows comic books or cartoons wants to make their own. Yeah, but here's know? the thing, though. You actually have talent in drawing, where in my case, I was the same way. I would try and draw something, okay. and it would look like a piece of shit. Like, you know right. what I mean? Like, how did you know you had that talent? See, <laughs> see, that's where... See, I hear this argument from <laughs> a lot of people, okay? Like, like I can't draw. I can't even draw a stick figure, you know? How am I supposed to make a comic book? Yeah. Listen, all right? I am a firm believer... That anybody can draw. No, that's okay, bullshit. Just so long as, no, just so long as you practice. No, no, you have to practice. I put in day after day, year after year of practice, no. and it, it took me twenty-five, almost thirty years to get to this point. You know, so it, it's kind of like it's kind of like that, where you know you have to start as a kid be drawing almost on the weakness and make it make it you know you're gonna make a, a living out of it you know kind of like you with this podcast this podcast is awesome you know because you have passion you know and it's the same thing with art you know so it's like that yeah but again you know? if i sucked at doing this i would have stopped a long time ago too like you know what i mean like <laughs> I, I know what you mean. If you put in the reps, you get better. But there has to be some kind of core talent or else everybody would be a Michael Jordan, a Wayne Gretzky. Like, you know what I mean? Like, there's still outliers in that one percenters, right? And you and you fall in that one yeah. percent. I think of yeah. it like, you know, talent is like rice and beans. It's like okay. you need one or the other. You know, like if you have the rice, you can go find your beans, you sure. know. But it's like 
if you don't have the rice, then you're just going to have beans, you know, and it's just you like you can love basketball. Right? Yeah, you have to have an eye. You need that, you need that, like, first ingredient, you know? That is true. It's yeah. like, um, yeah. like John and I were talking before, um, about, like, um, a potential cover for one of the comics. Okay. And it's like, um, I can't draw. But, like, I came up with an idea, and he was like, oh, that's pretty cool, because, like, I have an eye for design, but I can't. I can't draw. I know like what what would work because I look at comic book covers all day. Exactly. You know. Yeah. So it's like so it's just like it's it's just a matter of like success is a, is a matter of like taking the intangibles that you can bring to the table that you're solid with and always leading with strength and like slowly and surely like developing those weak points. But sometimes, I mean, if you've got a charisma of like a negative one, regardless of what you do, <laughs> it's not going to get to like you know what I'm saying. It's just of like, course, that's right. You have to have the confidence, you know, to keep going. You know, yeah, and yeah. I, I tell Pat this all the time. I'm okay. like, if you could draw, you would be unstoppable, because mm-hmm. you can write. And if you could draw, forget it. This guy, he wouldn't even need me. See, there you go. So, so no, Thank don't you. don't encourage him though. Don't encourage him. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, one thing I'm sure you guys probably were told right off the bat that, like you said, there's the major five, four companies out there that you won't succeed. There's too much competition. Like, what do you say to those people and what makes legacy comics different from the big boys out there? You know what it is? I I think legacy is all about following your dreams. Uh, um, You know, Pat and I, our dream was to always create our own content, always create our own book and create these characters and these universes. And, um, you know, you, you shouldn't let anybody, especially the big guys, uh, discourage you from achieving those dreams. You know, and, uh, you know, if we wanted to make uh, a comic book about serial killers, you know, then we'll do that. Because, you know, if it's one of our dreams, then that's what we'll do. You know, but it, it's just, I think it's about following your dreams, being true to yourself, and building a legacy for yourself. I mean, mm. that's why we named the company Legacy. Because, I was just going to ask, yeah. Know, yeah, because you're building a legacy for yourself. You know, you're building like something it. that you can leave behind, you know. And um, and, and it, it matters to us because these are characters, these are universes that we've thought of since we were kids. And to have that come out is a dream come true, you know, and it's kind of like screw the big guys in a way, (laughs) you know, because it's like, we'll do what we want, you know, and Mm -hmm. nobody's going to stop us from achieving our goals. You know, don't get me wrong. We, we love the big guys. Sure. Of course we all do. (laughs) You know, Patrick's reading guardians of the galaxy right now. So As he's and, podcasting, and re- that's how that's how I'm talented he is. By Boom Studios, so it's it's big, you know. I mean, <laughs> and funny. even like even Image Comics, who started off as a creator-owned company, is one of the big guys now. So mm-hmm. why can't we? Yeah, no, it's so true. And was it always Legacy on the table, or did you guys have other names you were rumbling around with? We had a, we had a whole bunch of different names. Okay. It was like, no, that sucks. Oh, that one's good. Okay, uh, you, okay, you have to share. You can't just say that sucks. Okay, drop some names, please. Um, do you any? I don't, honestly, I don't remember any because that's how bad uh, they were. Yeah, because no, we sat down here in the studio one day okay. to thinking of, thinking of a name when we formed the uh, the LLC, the corporation. Yeah, yeah, and. Um, 
You know, we wanted, we knew we wanted something powerful. We wanted something that meant something, something it was strong. Like heritage was one of them, right? Yeah, heritage. heritage okay. or, yeah. And, you know, it's like legacy. I came up with legacy and, and Pat's like, yeah, you know, that, that fits, you know, like we're leaving a legacy behind because Pat and I, uh, we're family guys, you know, so we, we love our kids. We love our families and sure. we want to leave something behind to our children. Gotcha. And yeah, you know, our dream is hopefully one day our kids will take over Legacy, and um, there you go. You know, so that's why we stuck with the name Legacy. Mm-hmm. No, just that... to to kind of fine fine tune to the that answer, which was great. Um, I love when people because I've heard this on podcasts that I've done already that um, oh, there's there's so much competition. Yeah, and I I don't I don't look at any other company. Um, doing whatever they're doing as competition for us so i will read marvel books every day i will read dc i will read image i will read boom i will read you know whatever i read a ton of indie books too and um so this is the thing competition is great for business and controversy and disruption (laughs) is what brings attention and what drives sales and things like that so it's just like that's what we're doing. We're just shaking things up. You know, it's like we're in a period of comic book history where everyone feels like that they have to reinvent the wheel and they have to pander and they have to like make something that like one day will become a movie or a video right. game. Blah, blah, blah. We just, right. we just want to, we just want to bring it back to like organic storytelling, relatable characters, great art. Um, and then th- the thing is too, like we have a bunch of secret weapons. I mean, like I said, John, John's, John's ability at editing video and merchandise and things like that. I mean, that immediately puts us above seventy-five percent of the indie comic book publishers out there. Of course, because they don't do those things. And you know, day one we had a working store with merchandise and and shirts and this and that. And those are all avenues for monetization for our creators. We want to make our creators money. Um, then the other thing is, I mean, your editor in chief, me. I mean. I've worked for 35 other publications, <laughs> many of which don't exist anymore because they made tons of mistakes business-wise, mistakes sure. that we will never make. And then also, too, I've worked for other people in the comic book industry, and I've seen the way that they, they treat their creators. We will never do those things. Good. So there have been I've been under the learning tree in publications for 15 years. I mean, if you go to our website now, I mean, I was joking around with John today. Um, we have 51 published articles in a week and a half, and we're talking press <laughs> releases, interviews wow. with the creators, videos and stuff like that. There is not another, I, I can't name another indie comic book company that just started within the past three or four years that has an update that's been, that has a website that has been updated as much as us, that connects to their fans on social media as much as us. And I've had people say to, say to me already, like, you guys have have already succeeded in your Kickstarter and you don't have that much of a social media following. And I know people that have spent all of this money on publicists and this and that and, and oh we need we need five thousand fans on Facebook before and or five thousand fans on Instagram before we can launch a successful Kickstarter. Yeah. And we had we had less than five hundred follows on Facebook. We had less than a hundred uh, follows on Instagram and we launched a successful Kickstarter. So what does awesome. that tell you? That yeah. tells you that you have to get your product to people that are going to read it, that are going to like it. You don't likes and follows are free on social media. They don't mean anything. You, you know, everyone is under the assumption that if you have this massive following, that means that people are actually engaged with your material. Nope. That's not true. Nope. You know, so we we we've already it. proven that we have we have 60 more than 60 people that are invested in us. 
and they, they helped make this dream come true. They jumped in on this on the ground floor, and they're making the success of this company, the early days of this company, possible. Everyone else that jumps aboard after that, we are grateful. We are here for you. But it, it just proves that you don't need 5,000 people. You have to do smart business in order to succeed. You know, So we have a lot of things like that, that forward thinking that a lot of people don't think. We're not going to boost our posts on social media just to get down <laughs> everyone's throat yeah. and things like that. We're not going to spend money on borrowed media. We're going to use the money, the capital that we have to invest in our creators, to invest in opportunities for their growth, and to also invest in our infrastructure to make yeah. sure that we have as strong a publishing company as possible. So yeah. I, I would rather get the followers on any platform, not just Instagram or Twitter or you know mm -hmm. Facebook, just right. at all the platforms. I would rather get that organically then pay for it yeah of course yeah and it, there's nothing worse like okay i don't know about you guys i go deep diving sometimes and when you see someone that has over 100k followers but yet you only see two likes every post right. like come on man that looks even worse than having no followers and a few that's likes horrible. you know what i mean mm -hmm. yeah 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 that's yeah. horrible so i mean i've never paid for any of my and we content won't. to ever get boosted and we won't and even on my yeah, personal page like on my instagram yes, i have over six thousand followers and i would say like i get like in between 40 and 50 likes so i have a lot of people that are just like kind of like around but i yeah. have like in between probably like 300 to 400 people that really care about my stuff so you yeah. know it's like i love having six thousand followers but i know that i probably have like in between 400 to like 600 hardcore people that really care about my work so yeah. you know it's just some people that they, when their businesses fail or their publishing firms aren't as strong, they're like, oh, but we have 10,000 followers. I don't understand. <laughs> blah, blah, blah. And it's like, you know, when you're getting, when you're not getting pledges on Instagram, when you're not getting likes yeah. and you're not getting interaction on your social media, yeah. that's more telling. So those are the things exactly. that, like, we really look at. We want to connect with the right people. And we know who the right people are, you know, and, yeah. and we're going to, we're building a fan first and creator first company that is built around writing kick-ass stories and having amazing art i mean we've shared the our first variant cover our first uh, cover that john did for athos and i mean i feel like we can hold weight with any comic book company in terms of art and in terms of writing i mean i'm writing three out of the five books i'm willing to put this company on my back and run with it and john john is one of our secret weapons too i mean athos is going to be a beautifully written comic afram jean belay is an excellent writer and it's written very similar to Condry in that gothic old school noir and um kieran the artist for Condry, is going to be drawing that with him oh, even um so i mean we've got and john's going to letter all of our books so i mean we are in a situation where we can succeed so we're we're really happy right now we did not expect to get funded in less than five hours that's, that's why we had a 60-day kickstarter i mean we were we were planning a very long media tour and we, we're course. still doing it but i mean we're we're over the moon right now because yeah. this is just this is pure this is pure validation right now. The comic book community has been very supportive of us, and uh, you know we appreciate it. And um, you know now going forward, being that we were funded in five hours, you know it's just now going forward, it's just all right. What else can we give to the audience? What else can we give to the readers? So it's all about stretch goals now. Well, most definitely. Yeah, I mean, um, yeah. And you were saying, Patrick, you're not in it for the TVs, movies, video games, but come on. How nice would it be for everything to span into those realms eventually? Oh, so I mean, 
Don't I mean, get us so, wrong. Because right? I yeah, would no, love, no. I would love to have an Athos animated series. There you go. Okay, so if anybody listening wants to develop that, go right ahead. Let me know, so, I mean, and we'll do it. I've said, I've said on podcasts before. Like I've been in active discussions with two different video game companies uh, for Conjury video games. Mm-hmm. I've written design documents for Conjury video games already. Um, I've, I've received pixel art. Um, back to me. I've received Sweet. music back to me. So like, there are it, two. It all looks so cool, man. Um, let me yeah. tell you. Yeah, it looks awesome. So I mean, we're we're like in a position where like maybe we go to Kickstarter soon, or maybe we oh. look to put a team together. But like, it's it's definitely going to happen at some point. It's not going to yeah. be like today or tomorrow. But uh, so the thing is, do we want properties based on our work? Absolutely. But we're not sitting down saying oh, this would make a great movie, we're sitting down saying this would make a great comic book. And if yes. it happens to make a great movie, if it happens to make a great video game, then thank you. Let's do it. Let's yeah. do it the right way. But first and foremost, we're paying the most attention to telling the best type of comic book stories as possible. Because it's our passion. you know. That's what we got into mm-hmm. the business of doing, is comic books. Mm-hmm. So yeah. if, any, if anything grows from it, that's just mm-hmm. a bonus. Yeah, most definitely. Okay, now, the other thing is, are you going to... Okay, Patrick, you're a wrestling fan. I don't know if you are, John, so I'm going to use a wrestling term. Are you going to have a forbidden door within your series where uh, characters bounce in and out of certain other series? Or is it going to be all solely based on one world at a time and that's it? No one wants to answer. Do you want to tackle that, John, or do you want me to tackle (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh, How do I say this without giving too much away? Oh, Um, okay. That's fair. Okay, so there are a couple of our books that are within the same universe. Okay, gotcha. Um, mine, Athos, the only superhero book, is not in the same universe as everybody else. Okay. I'll just say that. Okay, that's fair enough, that's fair enough. And now, in the young time that you guys have been working together, have you guys banged heads yet? Has there any, oh, yeah. Has there been an issue where you're like... <laughs> I'm not doing this. Fuck you. I want it this way. And how do you resolve that issue? Like, do you guys do paper, rock, scissor, or do you bring in a third party? What what, what goes on behind the scenes? We, we want the well, dirt here. <laughs> we, we we don't necessarily get that angry at each other. We don't curse at each other. Okay, um, okay. You know, um, but, you, you know, I do tell him, listen, stop being a dick. Um, <laughs> you know, and he said the same shit to me. Sure, you sure. You know, and... <laughs> Uh, because I can get pretty uh, pig-headed, pretty okay. bull-headed. But, um, but, you know, Patrick and I have a policy about being honest with each other, okay? and That's awesome. Um, I think that, that that's what makes us such great partners is mm. that, you know, we're not going to hide something. We're not going to sugarcoat something. Okay. We're just going to tell each other exactly how we feel because at the end of the day, um, we're controlling properties that are our dreams, you know, mm-hmm. and, okay. and these are something that we want to put out and it, it's very important to us. So, you know, I'm not going to pull any punches with my books. He's not going to pull any punches with his books and the both of us are going to compromise when it comes to legacy as a company, mm-hmm. as, as a whole, you know, so we, we just promise to each other in the beginning that we're going to be honest. So, so like I'll give I'll give you an example. My personality <laughs> is, is is kind of like if I ask John to do twenty six things. Okay. After he finishes those twenty six things, and he does it, I'm going to ask him like two or three more things. Yeah. And that's not expected. To be a, not to know? be a bastard, but to sure. be like like I'll give you an example. John's cover for Athos. Yeah. It's beautiful. 
<laughs> Beautiful. I hate you. <laughs> and then I'm, I'm sorry. Oh no! What? So, so, so I'm looking at his his byline on okay. the side of the book. Sure. And it's like a little too wide. Oh wow! And I'm like, okay. you need. I'm like, you need to make your byline a little bit smaller so this way it lines up with the logo. Sure. And he was just, he was just like, you're a jerk. Yeah. No, 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 Patrick, I'm sorry. No, you told me, all right, put your name on the bottom of the, of the book, of the bottom of the page. Oh, yeah, 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 because mine was, and then you said no, and then, and then I was like, all right, I was like, all right, that's cool. But I was like, but if you're going to leave your name there, it's too wide. You got to make it less wide. And then he ended up taking a picture of a Superman comic and compared it. And I was right. Ah, and, uh, you know what? You know, it, it's funny because it's like, oh, some, like I will listen to Patrick because sure. Patrick has the experience. Patrick knows what he's talking about when right, it comes right. to publishing, when it comes to writing. Okay. Okay. So because he's got so many years, I mean, that's why you know he's the editor in chief. That's his job. Sure. Okay. So it's like when I show him a picture. I'm used to, uh, when I show people my art, I'm used to people loving it. I'm used to people saying, oh, that's the best thing on the face <laughs> sure, of the earth. Yeah, and, yeah. You know? So when I get kickback from this guy, you know, it's like, all right, well, what the hell's your problem? Like, you know, you want to fight? You know? Like, <laughs> so, <laughs> so. It, it worked out good, though, because, I mean, like, the first time I looked at that cover, it was like a 99 you know, I was just like, yeah, totally reminded me of like old school. Well, not old school. Like we're so old. It reminded me it's of like not old school, but it's ninety three Superman. It did. It reminded me of ninety two, ninety three Superman. Yeah. But the only thing that I saw at first, I was like, oh, let's let's see what it looks like with the name on the bottom because in all of my comics, the name is on the bottom. And then he's like, no, I like it here. So I wasn't gonna fight with him, and I was like, sure. okay. And then um, and then I was like, okay, so let's let's just make it a little less wide so everything lines up. You know, which makes sense. And I agreed with you at the end. I agreed. And, I said yes. So now, you're right, that looks great. <laughs> so now the ninety-nine. Now I was able to play a part in taking a ninety-nine point nine. Oh shit! And making it a hundred. You know, like that's there's going to be. And I told him because we haven't been in this situation yet. There's going to be a moment when I submit a script and he's going to go, you know, you said this, but what if you say this and right. he just tweaks it a tiny bit? Yeah, yeah. And I'm gonna go, you, you son of a! <laughs> I didn't see that? Yeah. Oh my god! You like, I didn't even see that. You know, so it's just like we haven't gotten to that point yet, but we will. You know, and um, of course. when we were gearing up for the Kickstarter, like I had done so much like before the Kickstarter, like laying out all these articles and like our whole like press tour and stuff like that. But we needed all of this video done, and uh, this guy worked mega mega hard. Like hmm. if you watch the Kickstarter video. This guy nailed it. He nailed it, you know? And nice. it's just like uh, from the trailers of the books to like the Kickstarter video. But it's like um, he did all of the work on that, you know? But we got three other people, myself included, to all be in the same place at the same time. We Like we all played a role in orchestrating and giving him the tools that he needed to make a kick-ass video. So it's just like whenever I look at something that Legacy do- does from the writing to the art, sure, like John is in charge of like all of the art and I'm in charge of all of the writing and I'm in charge of like the content on the site, but John's in charge of like the maintaining of the site and the tech sure. on the site and stuff. So like everyone has their hands positioned in a way where they can help and i think that is like the secret like we're all tired we're all working incredibly hard of course but for the most part everyone is really like pushing 
and becoming a and we talked about this yesterday, John, becoming a better version of themselves and not not succumbing to the I'm happy with it. How do you feel? You know, we don't do that. We're right. like, well, what That's do you awesome. think? You know, we when he submitted his or, cover to or me, I'll he, do it tomorrow kind of thing, you know? Yeah. You know, like um, before the podcast, we were working on on a press release and I was like, oh, well, if you finish the art for the article and you send it to me, then I'll publish it before like I go to bed after the podcast. Before we started the podcast, that press release was up. He sent me the art already. So I wrote the content and he's like, again, it's just people giving, sacrificing, being selfless, seeing that the collective is like the way to go and and not being like we basically have four like lone wolves in a wolf pack that's Mm -hmm. like that's what we're trying to do you know so no and that's awesome to hear because i I totally understand that mentality because i used to do this with my cousin when i first started we we ended up coming out with like 15 episodes and then i took it on my back and i ran because his work ethic i'm sorry to say and he knows it isn't up to par as in mine where i would sacrifice i would do anything for the podcast like you know what i mean like even to this day my wife sometimes is like why are you still working on that like enough is enough i'm like no if i'm breathing and i could do it i don't know what's gonna happen to me tomorrow what if i get hit by a car and then i can't finish this what i'm doing like you know what i mean and i'm the exact same way as you guys same thing from my wife see there you go (laughs) So, so like in my case i I prefer to work alone because I hate to say it and I don't want to sound like I'm fucking patting myself on the back, but I'm a workhorse and I haven't found anyone who could keep up with me. You know what I mean? Yep. Yep. I feel you. I feel you. The problem, the problem, (laughs) the problem with me and Pat is that we are both uh, control freaks. Uh, So am I, especially love to have our our fingers. Yeah. We love to have our fingers in every single aspect of the company, you know, and uh, and sometimes we do butt heads, but it's just about being honest, being truthful. No, Mm -hmm. of course. Okay, how about this? What was the hardest thing you guys have to do so far within the confines of forming legacy and everything that you thought was either going to be easy or you had no idea that just popped out of nowhere? Um, You know, uh, it's all kind of been a little easy. Really? You know, because I think okay. uh, I, 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 I firmly believe that when you're doing something you love, nothing is really work. Of course. You know, yeah. nothing is really hard. But um, the challenge, I mean, Pat ran into a couple of different hurdles when it came to the LLC with <laughs> the, the legal aspect of it. Uh, he was the one dealing with the phone calls. But, um, oh, you know, I get it. Other I had to go that, through it, too. Other than that, is it's just the 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 meetings that we have where we're developing company policy. You know, we're we're thinking okay. up things off the top of our heads and saying, mm-hmm. "Yeah, that sounds great." You know, I, I like that, and uh, let's keep that. And um, you know, it's nothing is really hard for us right now. I mean, I I, I don't want to say it's easy because it is work. Of course, yeah, but. Yeah. Because because it is something we're very passionate about, but um, yeah, it's just it's it's been relatively easy. <laughs> so. uh, to to bounce off of that, I would say like um, yeah, the legal stuff. Um, I mean, I'm very lucky that I have friends. Um, I have two good friends that are lawyers um, that helped me not only draft the contracts for our. Uh, creators and ourselves um, but also draft the non-disclosure agreements and stuff like that so I mean I've worked at other publications before where 
um, you would sign an, an initial contract and then you would be like on good faith after, or you never had an NDA or, you know, um, there was no, there was no clear payment structure and stuff like that. So it's just like these companies did not safeguard themselves and protect themselves. So when we were drafting up the contracts, we're like, listen, we've got to make sure that like our creators aren't like giving away plot points and we need Mm -hmm. to like make sure that like everyone understands like the way things need to get done. So that, that wasn't hard. Um, and again, just to chime off John, nothing has been hard. It's just been, it's been extremely time consuming. Um, I'm a full-time college professor. I have two children. I have a wonderful wife. Um, I'm a voice actor. I'm finishing my seventh book. I mean, this is like, this is insane, you know, um, but, um, (laughs) but like, it hasn't been hard. It's just been, it's just been time consuming. And like, that's the difference. I think we've been willing to sit down and, and put in the time to do this properly. Like, I mean, I really feel like if you compare the way we run our socials and, and the way our site looks and the way our site is uh, populated with content, I mean, I feel like we can hang with, like, the top ten comic book companies in the entire world right now. You know, um, and the thing is, one of the reasons why we did a 60-day Kickstarter was because we didn't know how people were going to feel about us. But then also, we wanted to give ourselves the leverage that halfway through the Kickstarter, we would have inks and colors and pieces of comics that people can see, like, oh, you know what? If I funded them already, I'm excited about this. But if I haven't funded them yet, this is what I'm going to get. So we're going to talk a lot, but we're going to back up what we're saying because we are going to put the time in, you know. Um, so, yeah, it hasn't it hasn't been hard. It's just been time consuming. And, I mean, we've had great people tell us, don't do this. Find somebody else to, like, publish your books um, or just self-publish, you know, and all this other, oh, all this yeah, other stuff. Yeah. And I just feel like... Um, it's like if you did a great interview with somebody and they never identified themselves, everyone would be like, oh, that's great, but who the hell was that? So it's just like by forming the LLC, by going to the bank, by talking to lawyers, by drafting contracts, you're saying to the masses, to the public, this is me. Yeah. This is what I'm doing. Like, this is for real, you know? So it's just like when I go in my wallet and I pull out a business debit card that says Legacy Comics on it, it's just like <laughs> it means something, exactly. you know? So that's like, that's what was just, it's just time. It's not hard. Anyone can, like John says, anyone can draw. I don't know about that. I kind of agree with you. Yes. Um, that I don't know if everyone, that everyone can draw, but I, <laughs> no, I do, no. I do think that's that awesome. anyone, that anyone and everyone, um, should have an obligation to themselves to ensure their own success. Sure. And there are, there are tools and resources out there that anyone can start the business of their dreams yeah. at any moment, at any second of their life. And they should. Yes. But then they should they should be willing to put in the time and effort to maintain it at the same time. Thank so. you, because that's what a lot of people fall deaf yes. ears on is that part. It's like they think as soon as they open up shop or whatever they do to publicly announce that they're in business, they think it's all going to come running and within a week they're millionaires and the most popular oh. thing on social media, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah no, yeah. they're going to do the work. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. Well, guys, you guys ready for the worst story of the week? Let's yeah, do it before 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 we do that though. What's going on? So we've told you about Conjury, yeah. but we've got four other books, and I think you're a wrestling fan, so you're definitely going to love one. You love video games, so there's another one that you're definitely going to love. You like Conjury, so there's another one that you're going to love, okay, okay. and John's got to tell you about Athos. So could we just run through the four other books and then get to the weird question of the week? You know what? Okay? Go for it. You know what? Plug your four books, plug the Kickstarter because it's still going, and then at the end of the show, you guys could plug your own personal shit. How about that? 
Awesome. I love you. You're a rock star. Go for it. So, John, you want to tell them about Athos? Sure. Uh, Athos is not your conventional superhero story. Uh, he starts off as a villain. Uh, it's the first couple issues. The first, actually, half of the first series is uh, him basically killing people. And, uh, you know, he's uh, he's supposed to be the protector of Earth. And, you know, he wakes up because he's been put in stasis for thousands of years. Uh, and uh, he wakes up seeing that Earth is a completely different place than what he left it. And, uh, you know, he so it's his job to protect it. And uh, he winds up, you know, killing a good portion of of people on earth before he realizes that he's doing bad. And, uh, it's, it's a very mental book where, uh, he, you know, he fights the good and evil within himself. And, um, you know, he's got some superpowers that he's half alien, half human. So he's got some superpowers that have to do with radiation and, you know, maybe yeah. some, uh, electricity. And it's, uh, it's a really, it's a really, awesome spin on a traditional superhero book that is not currently out yet because it not only does it have the uh the superhero aspect of it but it also takes place within a uh conspiracy theory mm -hmm. kind of world where we have uh conspiracy theories with aliens and all that so i worked in right. some real world stuff into it nice. uh it's uh it, it's really unique so one of the other books that we have is called the legend of the night owl by afram jambalai and um it can definitely take place in the Conjureverse, so to speak um or like the legacy noir universe that we're mm -hmm. building um and it's it's basically about an an elderly woman and her son, and how they live day to day in a really screwed up version of Brooklyn, New York, mm. where you can't even walk down the street in the middle of the night, right. you know. And um, these this son and mother, uh, they they love each other and they'll do anything for each other. And um, there's a lot of twists and turns, and we don't want to give too much away, but it's just like. Um, the ass kicker in this comic is probably the person that you least expect. It's just so much fun. So it's just like if you can take, if you could take a, a video game like Bad Dudes or um, <laughs> Double Dragon, sure, and mix it with like The Warriors, the movie The Warriors, yeah, yeah. and put it into a comic book. That's the Legend of the Night Owl. Um, we're nice. super excited for Afram's writing, and we have the utmost amount of faith in Kieran Quinn's artistic ability to bring it to light. So. That's one of the other comics. Um, then we have Kroom, which I'm writing, and John is doing the art. Um, Kroom originally began as a video game that I was writing for the former senior animator of Bioshock Infinite, who is actually at Blizzard now doing um, animation for Overwatch. Mm -hmm. um, so it's going to be a six-issue miniseries, and each issue is based off of one of the levels in the level design, meaning uh. each issue is going to be story, exploration and then end in a boss fight so it's a comic nice. it's a video it's a comic book in video game form right right it's going to be so much fun that's cool you know um so that so that's crew and it's going to be super colorful like it's just like imagine if link in the legend of zelda um <laughs> had a gun yeah you know like um it's going to be really badass um i love so those are three room is so much fun to work on it's going to be really freaking cool um 
So that's three out of the five. Conjury, obviously, is one of our, our stable books. Um, however, I saved the last one that I thought that you would like the most. So um, <laughs> that book is called The Job. Um, and it's basically about a jobber, professional wrestler, that um, cannot win a match if his life depended on it. He has never gotten the rub. He has never gotten the push. He's got the best body. He's got the best gear. He's got the hottest valet. But for, like, one reason or another, he's just not getting a push. He's never won a match. Um, he's the superintendent of a building in Brooklyn. And um, he works in the apartment building, like, during the day. And, and at night, he wrestles, you know? Um, and everyone is always like, how does this guy pay for, like, the boots that he has? His tights. <laughs> like, how did he marry... This woman, did you see their car? Like, they have a beautiful, like, Shelby, like, GT. Like, how the hell did they do that? And the answer is simple. Um, they rob banks. <laughs> he is an excellent bank robber, and his wife is an amazing getaway driver. And uh, they rob banks during the day, and they wrestle at night. And um, it's super noir, and it's like Mickey Rourke's The Wrestler meets Point Break. There you go. And, um, I like that. It's super. It's super fun. It's. I mean, we've got a great variant cover artist that already did a variant on it, and Kieran Quinn from Condry is mm-hmm. drawing that as well. So I mean, it's it's going to be a super awesome book. And um, I've interviewed so many professional wrestlers over my days as a journalist, and I've heard so many crazy stories, and a lot of them are going to find their their ways, you know, into the into into the actual story so like we are we are super super excited for these five books and and where they take the company so so now lastly the kickstarter where people can find it or even the website anything that makes traffic easier for you guys yeah so if you go to legacy comics uh c-o-m-i-x dot com um you go there for daily updated uh information on our comics there's there's bios of everyone that works for us there's information on all of the books there's merch but also on the top of the page in the banner there's a link to the kickstarter Mm. go right to the kickstarter if you go to the the kickstarter and if you go to kickstarter.com and you search for legacy comics c-o-m-i-x it's going to take you right there um so we're in a really fun situation because we're funded already but we're looking for stretch goals so it's like i tell people all the time that tell us oh well you're funded what do I have to donate to you? Right. And I'll tell you <laughs> because, because Kickstarter is like a pre-order. Yeah. You're not donating to us. You're not donating to us. You're pledging to us so you can get a product. It's like a really Kickstarter is like a really sexy pre-order. Thank you. You know? Yeah. So the thing is you're, you're investing in us. You want the product. Yeah. So if you love comic books, um, you're really going to dig our stuff. If there's ever any doubt, Watch that Kickstarter video. Check out the trailers for the comics that are on the Kickstarter page. I mean, message me on Facebook. A simple Google search of my name comes up with you know twenty years of writing experience and stuff like that. Like I, I have like I've lived for this. This is this is what I've always wanted to do. So um, yeah, um, on Instagram, on Twitter, on Facebook. If you do a Google, if you do a search, legacy underscore comics c-o-m-i-x all of our stuff comes up we john and i will answer you if you leave us a question we interact with our um readers every single day i mean we have a cosplayer already you know like we have a guy that right. messaged us john theory That's the third crazy. and he's like i want to dress up as your character i love conjury i've read like the first four issues and i was like dude go ahead you know so um we've got a really cool community that we're trying to build 
And um, this is just the beginning. So I want to thank you for giving us the opportunity to talk. And we're, you know, we're ready to hit the ground running. No, that's awesome. Okay, let's get into the word story of the week. So this week's story comes actually from your home state of New York. Nice. Well, we'll see how nice it is. Where (laughs) a 44-year-old man climbed a tree and stayed there for three days so he wouldn't get arrested by the cops. That's funny because we don't have many trees here. Um. (laughs) Yeah, in Brooklyn, there's not a lot of trees. Well, it said the state of New York. So, you know, it could be upstate or something. You never know, right? Could be upstate, yeah. yeah. Could be, yeah. Okay, so Mm -hmm. what he was... Why the cops came out? Okay, yeah. So the whole story. So how it all went down was that the police were called to this man's residence by his mother of all people, because he was threatening her with violence. Not to mention that he had an outstanding warrant for punching his girlfriend. So obviously, this guy's not a good dude to begin with. You know what I mean? So when he heard the sirens, he climbed on top of his roof and then climbed a tree in his yard. So when the police finally got there, he threatened to jump and kill himself. That's how high up this tree went. So okay. obviously the cops can't, you know, if the guy dies, then, you know, that's, that doesn't look good for business, obviously, right? <laughs> it's not good for business. No, 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 no. So he was also yelling that he had a lawsuit against the NYPD, the DOC, and Rikers Island. Right? So uh-huh. this guy, I don't know, this... So, you know, he's, he's threatening his mom, he's punching his girlfriend, he's got lawsuits against the NYPD and stuff like that, so this guy's not good. Anyways, on with the story. The cops didn't know what to do. They called in negotiators, they dispatched drones, played loud sirens, nothing would make this man fucking budge. It also didn't help the fact that the cops were feeding him and sending him waters and stuff so he wouldn't die of starvation. Like, you know <laughs> Oh, God. Well, this is the world we live in now. You know what I mean? Because the cameras and everything. Like, you know what I mean? You got to be nice to everyone. How do you want your pizza? (laughs) Just like, just cut the tree down. (laughs) How do you you want your steak? Please come down. Beat him right. Right? Well, obviously this guy had to relieve himself too. So he just pissed into the wind. He shit down the tree. He didn't give two flying fuck. He had leaves up there. So so he could clean himself, right? Did the cops give him toilet paper? I know, right? (laughs) So, by the third day, the cops had enough and left. When seeing this, obviously, the guy climbed down, back onto his roof and went inside his home, and then locked himself in, and then the cops came again, and now there's a standoff. Right? The story just keeps going on and on. (laughs) So, he told the authorities that he would agree to go with them, but he would only go if... It was to get a psychiatric evaluation and only if they parked an orange van in front of his house. Had to be orange? Had to be orange, man. Wow. As the sirens go off. As the sirens go yeah. off. <laughs> um, in our neighborhood. Oh, my God. Every day. Well, I was going to say, in this story... I don't feel sorry for this guy because obviously there's something seriously wrong. And if you're taking advantage of women, fuck you to begin with. Like, you know sure. what I mean? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So I have no sympathy towards him. Who I have sympathy towards, and not even the cops because I'm sorry, you shouldn't have been helping them. My sympathy is the <laughs> poor neighbors. If they were blaring loud sirens, if this guy's pissing, imagine if you're looking out the window and you see some dude taking a shit out of a tree. Like, what the fuck? Yeah. 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 
that's kind of that's that's Brooklyn. <laughs> yeah, that was in, that was in like Marine Park or something like that. Yeah, yeah. that's just another day here. So yeah. <laughs> oh my god, that's wild. Yeah, what like, something- I don't understand why the cops had to keep like you know giving him things like stop. Cut well, the damn tree down. Well, I know, guess it's sort out. of like when you imprison someone, you still got to feed them. You know what I mean? You can't treat a. We have. There's something called human rights now. Like, you know what I mean? Well, yeah, but I mean, he's doing it to himself. <laughs> That's true, too. But again, what, what goes through people's minds to run away from the cops? Like, what, you think you're not going to get caught? Cowards? And they're just going to stop chasing you? You're eventually going to get caught. And what kind of life yeah. is that? I don't Especially know. Especially if you go up a tree, you got nowhere to go. Well, that, too, right? <laughs> Well, maybe he was so oh fucked God. up, he thought it was Jack and a Beanstalk and he was just going to keep going. Who knows, man? There you go. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> well, guys, thanks for coming aboard. Plug your personal shit where people can find you. Anything you want that we've missed, go for it, man. Go ahead, John. Uh, you can find me on Instagram, Facebook at JC Spadezzi. Uh I also run a podcast called The Basement Surge. <laughs> Uh, so give us a subscribe, uh, head on over to the Uh, you can find all my episodes and everything I do on there, but head on over to legacy.com, uh, legacy comics with an X comics with an X.com. And, uh, you know, check out everything that we're doing, uh, support the Kickstarter. Uh, we're going to send uh, the link to the Kickstarter, uh, you know, for the show notes here and, uh, you know, Head on over there, show some support, get some rewards, and uh, you know we're thinking up some awesome stuff to give you guys. So check it out. Yeah, guys, just a simple Google search of Patrick Hickey Jr. Um, all of my stuff comes up. There's a pretty little picture in the corner. Has links to all of my socials. Um, Instagram is probably like my my preferred form of social media. It's just a lot of fun for me. So it's Instagram at Patrick Hickey Jr. I'm also at Facebook.com, Patrick Hickey Jr. But like I said, um, interact with us, Legacy Comics, C-O-M-I-X.com, for up-to-date news on all of our comics, all of our creators. There's daily news, fun stuff. Um, just jump right in and uh, get to know us. Nice. And for myself, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter under Finger Styles. You can follow the podcast on Twitter, the podcast DAP. Email us your thoughts, suggestions, comments, anything you want to get off your chest at the podcast DAP at gmail.com. Please rewind to the top of the show. Support those fine sponsors because if it helps them, it most definitely helps me out. But most importantly, rate, subscribe, review on all major platforms. And one last thing before I let everyone go. Patrick, as of yeah. this episode airing, we have an announcement that the podcast will be also available on your website yes yes absolutely so we are going to start syndicating the podcast on reviewfix.com so whenever you come out with an episode we will be um embedding that those um podcasts into separate posts because we love your show and we want to help help you build your audience so thank you for being a part of the reviewfix.com syndication network we have about nine podcasts right now that we are sharing to the masses um so it meant a lot to have you because i mean you're to me you're you're like one one of like super cool people you're into like all the same stuff as me you're super knowledgeable you're a hard worker you're a hustler so i'm super honored that um you would give us an opportunity to syndicate your content to our reader base yeah most definitely and there's going to be the older episodes too so don't worry people you could also go yeah. there for the older episodes so you'll get all the old wrestling talk all the old mma talk all the old video game top from top to bottom so please check this yeah. out on there on that note he's john he's patrick i'm steve this is the podcast peace <laughs>